0: I want you to turn in your Bible to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 6, Acts chapter 6, and last week we voted on all the officers of the church, and this morning you have the privilege of being here when we're, when we're going to um, ordain a, one of our new deacons. We have one new deacon, and he's going to come up here. I told him I've got 20 very hard biblical questions to ask him before we get into this, so um, are you ready, Russ? Okay, and some of them have no answer, but you're going to try to answer them, okay? I was on an ordination board when I got ordained in ministry, and it's so funny, some of the questions they ask you, some of them can't even be answered, and they just want to see you how nervous you get. In fact, we have more questions for your wife than we do you, Russ, so we'll, we'll talk about that later. I want, to, I want to, And at the very end of the service, we're going to have him come up, we're going to lay hands on him, we're going to pray, pray for him, all the deacons and the, and the trustees, and I want the, the past deacons to make sure that they come up too. I want, to, I want to tell them, I, I ordered you a Bible, Russ, but it did not come in yet. We, we ordered some Bibles, and only one of them came in, and so we will present those to you probably next week. I'll have Daniel do that, and he'll have your name engraved. It's my favorite Bible. It's called the Open Bible, and it's, it's of course, King James, but it gives you a bunch of um, things you can study. We also have one for Bernard for being a, a deacon for so many years, and I also have one for Wayne Cowden. I apologize to Wayne, I did not get him something when he left, but we've got it, and now we, he needs a Bible, and so we're going to give him a Bible, and so we're going to take care of that, and I apologize, Wayne, I really do mean that, you've been a dear friend, and he was a deacon for many years, so I want you to turn in your in your Bibles to um, Acts chapter 6, the word deacons, um, they're only found two times in scriptures, well there's there's one that, that mentions it. But there's, there's two times that, those, that that word is found in two different portions of Scripture. And one of them, is it's actually not even found in this one, um, but we're going to look at it, Acts chapter 6, and I'll show you what I mean by that. And Acts chapter 6, and it's also found in First Timothy chapter 3. So we're going to go through both those portions of Scripture. I want you to follow along with me as we look at these. But let's go ahead and read Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Let's go ahead and stand. You can stretch your legs one more time, and we're going to get through this. I want you to follow along. And I want you to see if you can find the word deacon in this portion of Scripture. Here we go. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 says, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, There arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily menstruation. It says, Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over over this business. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now he's going to list them and keep reading as he, as he lists them. He says, and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen. Now Stephen is the one we know more about than anything because we're going to find him later in the book of Acts. He says, a man full of, the, of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Procorius, and Nicornor and Timon, and Perminius, and a uh, proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And then it says it in, in verse number seven, and the word of God increased and a number of the disciples multiplied, multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Now I love verse number eight. It says, Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles upon the pe- amongst the people. Um, you know, uh, when you think about it, here's a man that was just ordained with these people and he did many things. He's the one that would stand and be martyred later there's three questions i'm going to answer this morning number one what deacons are they don't wear a badge and they 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 don't wear a certain outfit when they come to church what are they what's the bible say about that number two why deacons are needed well we just read the story on that and then who deacons should be and this kind of breaks down what a deacon should be but i want to as we read that scripture Did you see where it said things about the word, did you see the word deacon in there? You didn't, did you? It's not in there, but it is. And let me kind of give you an example of what I mean by that. Let's look at the first one, what deacons are. Go back to this, this portion of Scripture, and if I were to say one word that a deacon's supposed to be, it's this, servants. Deacon's supposed to be a servant. You know, today's age Honestly, the word deacon sometimes is misused. There's some churches that the deacons, and I know why, Jesus, why, why Paul wrote this to Timothy. You remember that word where it says that not of filthy lucre, not, a, not of wanting money? Because there are some churches that the deacons are the prestigious ones. I'm thankful what, the way the Bible breaks it down of what a deacon's supposed to be, and I'll show you where that is in just a, in just a little bit. But there's one word that's found in this portion of Scripture. Let's go back to the beginning of this, ver- this chapter. It says, And in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Now, when you're talking about what's happening now is they have too many people and the pastors cannot go over and help them. I keep reading in verse number 2. It says, Then the twelve called the multitude, of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. There's the word. It says one word, servant. If you were to break down the Greek word, here's the Greek word, diakono. That's how we get the word deacon. It's from there. And it's from that little word in verse number two. two, And it's the second to last word. And serve tables. So servanthood, it's supposed to be a servant that, that goes in here. To break this down a little bit, here's the definition. To be a servant, an attendant, to serve, to wait upon. If you know anything about our church, what happens is the deacons have this group of names and they're in charge of those families. You don't know who your deacon is, ask somebody. But everybody in here has a deacon. And they'll call you and contact you, make sure you're okay. They'll help us in many different ways and, and they come as servants. You know, we have a deacon's meeting every month, and we talk about things that we need to, some of them financial, some of them spiritual, and so we sit down every month and we go over it, but you know what, they're, they're, they're in there to be the servant, they're in there to serve, to wait upon, and, and here these seven men come in in Acts chapter, three, Acts chapter 6, and they're the ones where we get the word deacon from. And we know this because they talk about them, and and the listing is found in verse number five. How would you like to be in that listing? That's an interesting listing. And of course, the one that I said that was on there more than anything is this. It it, it is, um, in verse number um, five, it is Stephen. Stephen was one of the first, he was the first martyr in the New Testament. You know, as you you think about after Christ died, here he is, he comes on the scene, and He's the one that stands toe to toe, and and it's very important. Deacons are a very important aspect. We're an independent Baptist church. What that means basically is we're self-governed. We don't look to a committee. We don't look to a convention to tell us what to do. We basically set our own rules to begin with, and we follow those bylaws. And the deacons are there to help, and they do help. Some of you don't know all the things that that go on behind the scenes. I'm going to brag on one of them really heavily, this, this and it's Alan. Alan's sitting way over here, but he's put a lot of time into this ministry. I mean, he's done a lot of the work when it comes to the, the cameras that we're trying to set up, and I'm thankful for that. And we also have trustees. Now, trustees bear a financial burden. They have to be landowners in the state of Tennessee. They also have to be They also have in the state of North Carolina where I came from. That, they have to do that also. They, they have to watch over some of the financial stuff with us, and they help us with certain things, too. They're both two different entities. The only one that we have that's both of those is Jim Pleasant, and that's because he's the treasurer, as the bylaws states. If you're a treasurer, you're a trustee. And so you have all these things. And getting back to Alan, I to, and he's going to be mad at me for this, but he has spent a lot of time here, you know, just, just taking care of me, amen? I mean, I, we, have, we have put an alternator on my vehicle twice this week. You know, we got one, it was bad, and then we put another one on, and the only part that I worked on was the part that messed it up, amen? I looked at him, I said, well, which idiot put that piece in there? And he kind of looked at me. I knew it was me. I knew I had done it, you know, and so we we were talking to Peter Rich, and I told him, look, this is the only piece that was messed up, and guess who put that in? I did. You know, I'm thankful for the men that God gave us, and they're truly servants. There's not one of them that thinks that they're somebody. You say, well, why is that so important? Because there are churches where they're at. Don't mess with me, I'm a deacon. That's not what a deacon's job is. The deacons are supposed to get in and ask you if you need some help. You know, when I, when I think of even Maxine, you know, here's a lady that needs some help right now. And, and don't kid yourself, Patsy needs some help too, taking care of her sister. We need to make sure we do do our part with this so... The definition of of deacon is to be a servant, attendant, to serve, to wait upon. That's why they were brought upon. And if you read the story, you'll figure out real quick, Bernard, in this story, that they helped out tremendously. And when one, one of them would have to stand. And mark it down right now. I don't know where America's going. But when you sign that and you're a deacon or you're a trustee, people know you're associated with this church. It might come back later. I'm not trying to scare Russ out of this. But I'm saying, we've got to understand we've got to stand when no one else will stand. And that doesn't um, belittle anybody that's not a deacon. I'm just saying these men were elected for us, and I appreciate that aspect of them. So the first part is um, who deacons are. They're, They're in there, and they're servants. And then it says, why are deacons needed? Well, let's look at some verses in here. Go to verse number, um, the one word I would say why they're needed is this, they're their helpers. Go and let's look at this verse. Go to verse number three. It says in, in verse number three, it says, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, and we may appoint over their business. If you didn't notice that, there's three aspects they just gave of what a deacon's supposed to be. Look at the first one. The first one is this, Holy Spirit led. In other words, you've got... And how do you get Holy Spirit led? You read your Bible and you pray. Get in your word and understand that, you know, we're going to get into flesh every so often, but a, but a deacons need to set, step back and say, okay, no, I can't do that. I'm not supposed to do that. Look at what the verse says. Do you think Stephen could have stood if he was, if he was not like this? Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the, of the Holy Ghost. The first one they must be is they must be Holy Spirit led. Don't be carnal. And you know what? You say, well, this is not for me. Ray Adams is going, man, praise God, I can be carnal. That's not what I'm saying. Everybody in here needs to follow what the the scriptures say about these aspects because they're all good. You know, it's so funny. People say, well, you're the preacher. You've got to act like that. No, I'm a Christian. That's why I've got to act that way. You know, so here we have the first one is Holy Spirit led. We can't get to the point, men. We can't get to the point where we wanted our way all the time. You know, I, I'm thankful that I, and some of you, you'll understand this when I say this, I don't have just yes men. There's been times we've had arguments. And it was, good, it was a good argument. I don't know everything. They don't know everything. When I come into meeting, I guarantee I know a little bit more uh, uh, than maybe Larry Hilton knows about a subject, but then there's other things Larry Hilton knows more about. And we've got to understand that. That's what a deacon's for. Sometimes I don't understand people. I don't understand why, why they do this, why they do this. And someone will say, this is why they do this. Their past, I don't know their past. And we're not sitting there gossiping about people, but we've got, I've got to know why are people responding this way. It's very important to me as a pastor. One of the biggest things the deacons are doing right now is figuring out what we're doing with the COVID-19. You know what I want to do? I want to put some investment stock in that blue tape. Amen? Because there's families in here that tear it down all the time. I know who you are and I see it right now. I'm seeing you back there, ma'am. Okay, yeah. hmm That's her seat. I don't care if she does that. But we have to make decisions of but I don't want anybody to get sick. I don't want anybody to get hurt. So what I do is I go there. There are some of my deacons that would say, Bernard, you, you, could, you can attest to this. And some of my deacons would say, some of the deacons say, take all the tape off. Other deacons would say, no, put more tape up. And I'm thankful for that. We've got to be spirit-led. Don't try to figure out what, what our, our spirit wants. Do what God's spirit leads us to do. First one is spirit-led. Look at the next one. The next one is this, wisdom. Where do you get wisdom from? Read Proverbs. What does Proverbs say? You don't get it yourself. God gives it to you, but you've got to pray it in. So these deacons have to pray it in. That's what this is about. Wisdom. If we had, Can you imagine having a deacon that doesn't have any wisdom? I have had employees in the Christian school that I ran that didn't have much wisdom. I've seen it. I remember one particular person that I worked for he wanted. he's having a wedding and he wanted to change some structures in the building and he said listen we're going to take that wall out I said I wouldn't do that if I were you I said that's a soundproof wall that's where the band meets we took it out and so they just thought they would put like a curtain up you could hear the band playing through the whole building I tried to tell him that we've got to use some wisdom with some of the stuff we do and the third one is this. You might not see this, but look at verse number two. It says this. It says, I'm sorry, verse number three. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom you may appoint over this business. They're appointed to look at things, see things. We don't, I don't make decisions without asking them. We're not a deacon-ran church, but I want to know what they think. That's why they're here. And Russ, I'm excited about you being there. But you've got to be these three things. You've got to be Holy Spirit led. You've got to show some wisdom. And you've got to be appointed under certain things so you understand what's going on. You say, why is that so important? Because some people get misconstrued of what what deacons, deacons are. Look at the last question. Who deacons should be? Now this is going to give you the characteristics of what the Bible says. Paul writes to a young man, Timothy. He's going to try to save him a lot of hurt. And so let's go and let's see what it says in, in, in 2 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 3. In fact, he starts out and he starts talking about the preacher, what a preacher's supposed to be. And then in verse number 8, he jumps into the deacons because the deacons have already been set up in Acts and now he's going to try to tell them what to do in this young preacher. And Paul is a very subtle man. He knows what he's talking about. He gives some things in here that, that what, a, what a pastor's supposed to be or a bishop is what he calls them. And then in verse number 8, it says this, Likewise must the deacons. The first word we're going to see in just a second is not a word we use a lot. Be grave. That means if they don't listen to me, God will take them out. That's not what that means. All right. What does the word grave mean? We have a different terminology for that. We'll look at that in just a second. Keep reading and it says, um, not double tongue. Not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in the pure conscience, and let these also first be proved, then let them use the office of the deacon being found blameless. It says, even so must their wives be grave. Trish, listen to this. Okay. Um, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things. And look at verse number 12. Let the deacons be the husband of one wife's, ruling their children and their own children well. Now, I want to say this to you, and, and I believe that that's, that's one of the mandates that God says, and you get different thought processes on that. And will I, I'll say this to you. Most people look at that last one over any of them. And I don't really think it's the, the, the prominent one. I think the other ones are more important, and, but it holds to it. It holds to what God wants because he wants someone that has their house in order, I've been in churches before where you don't know if anything is going on right in the house. You know, you get taught in school, in college, what you're, how you help people. <laughs> but some things you, you, you go through and you go, they didn't teach us anything about this. One lady come in and talked to me and she said, I need you to talk to my husband. And I was like, well, what do you want me to talk to your husband about? She said, personal hygiene. I was like start looking through my college books. And I was, and, and you know, right there, my radar just, bling, what in the world are they talking about? <laughs> and so I had to ask Russ, I said, what are you meaning by that question? He go, she goes, I just would like for you to sit down with my husband. And I'd like for you to tell my husband that he needs to brush his teeth every day. I was like, what? Denver, I was never taught what to say about that. You know, that's funny for her to tell me that, but you sit down with a grown man, Cecil, I would not want to sit down with you and say, Cecil, really, you need to brush your teeth. We're not taught some things sometimes in Bible college that people will come up and ask you to do. But my Bible tells me what deacons should be is the first one says this. Let's look at this real quick. Number one, grave. That's a word we don't use very much, but let me give you the definition so we make sure we get this all right. Grave is to have honorable character in person and deeds. And it lists that also for the the deacon's wives to have this. It's not something we would use. Oh, you're a very grave person. That's actually a good word. It says to have honorable character in person and deeds. The next one is this. Now, This is one that we know, but sometimes we don't want to admit what this is. Double tongue. This does not mean that you have two tongues. What does this mean? That you're constant. That you don't tell lies to one person and lies to another. If you tell the truth, folks, let me tell you, you don't have to remember what you told people. When you tell lies to people, you've got to remember who you told lies to. And if you tell lies to people that are in this room, you better pray to God they don't sit in a room and talk about it. Because one of them is going to figure out you lied to them. The Bible says not double tongue. We need to make sure we're constant. Watch what we say. I don't, and, and when I'm reading these, all my men that are deacons, I trust them wholeheartedly with this. Um, the third one is this, not giving them much wine. Now I'm not going to get into this because this gets into other, other, other aspects of it. But my Bible tells me that that Jesus would not have drank wine. You know why he wouldn't have? Did he eat unleavened bread? Why did he eat unleavened bread? Just a short note to you. Because why? It did not have yeast in it. When you ferment something, guess what it needs? Yeast. You say, well, the Bible says that you can take one. If you look at the Bible context of that, and this is a whole different message altogether. If you look at the context of that, it was when we didn't have the medicine that we have now. They were using it to help people through pain. The Bible says not given to much wine. We'll get into that later. The, th- the third one is not greedy or filthy lucre. Some people use this as a stepping stone to, to get into situations. I, here's one thing I would never have. I would never have, and I don't know if our deacon, I don't think our deacons are this, I would not want a deacon that was in Amway. Amen? I don't want a deacon walking up to you and saying, you want to buy some soap? And if you're in Amway, that's fine, but you know what I mean? You're crossing a line there. Be very careful with this. And don't use this position, Russ or any of the other ones, to, to make money off of it. We've got to be very careful with that. You say, well, that doesn't happen here. It doesn't happen here, but I know of churches it does happen at. We've got to be very careful with this. And you say, well, why are you going through this? Because this is the list that he gives us. The fifth one is this, a man understanding of faith. Now watch this. This is kind of, it's not as obvious as the other ones, but I want you to see this verse. Verse. And it's found in verse number 9. It says in in verse number, let's go to 8. Likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre. Now it says, holding the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. You've got to understand this. A man understanding faith. What is faith? It's believing in something you don't see. How How do you get to heaven? You only get to heaven through faith, and that's through the blood of Christ dying on the cross, being buried and rose again. And trusting in that, that's something you can't see. You've got to believe in it. You've got to have faith. God knows what he's doing. There's faith in front of you every day. When you drive a vehicle, you're you're exercising your faith. I went around a corner by my house and a guy was in my lane the other day. I don't know if you honked the horn, but I honked the horn. God did not want to, he put that horn in that car for a reason. Not just to hold an airbag, it's to let your airbag, and the guy was in my lane, and if I wouldn't have honked the horn, he would have ran right into me. We've got to see, we've got to understand this. We live by faith. You live by faith when you sat down in your pew today. I've always said this. I've always wanted to take one pew, take all the bolts out of it, and just let it sit there. Just randomly pick one. Because no one ever sits down and goes, oh, I hope this holds me. Oh, oh, wow. And then when the guy sits beside you, you go, oh, oh, I really hope it holds now. But Kearns, did you, did you test your pew out before you sat it? No. That's the pew, I hate to tell you. Okay, no, no. We use faith all the time. God wants us to use faith. He wants these men to use faith. That means when something, and, and I'll give you an example of faith that a, that a that a good friend shared with me. A pastor friend told me, he said, when we get in a financial crunch at church, you know what we do? And I shared this with the deacons last time. You know what we do when we get in a financial crunch at church? And this is a great aspect of it because it makes no sense, but it illustrates faith. You know what you do? You pick up a missionary. You support a new missionary. You say, well, as you're looking at that, you go, wait a minute, we're short on money, but we're spending more money. You know, I found out a long time ago that God will bless somebody that uses faith. God, And every time we've done that, and it's always worked out. When we go, I don't understand how it's working, but God knows how, he's, how it's doing it, and He's taking care of it. It's faith. The next one is this. Not a novice. Keep reading. Not a novice is found in verse number um, 10. It says, in verse number 10, it says, Hold, um, and let these also first be proved. There's that word, proved then let them use the office of the deacon be, being found blameless. So the, not a novice and blameless. Blameless means there's not anything that they, people can go back and go, oh, you did that? Oh, you did that? And then the novice is someone that's just not new to the church. I'm always concerned when you get somebody that comes into church and wants to just take over when they come in. You never know what they have in mind. Be very careful with that. Russ has been here for three years, and um, he is not a novice. He's blameless in my, in my, but is he perfect? Is he perfect, Lindsay? Oh, no. <laughs> you are just wanting baby gifts, all right? Riley, is he perfect? No, Riley says no, all right? But, you know, you're not going to be perfect. And the last one is this, the husband of one wife. You say, well, how can this be contradictory? I mean, I've heard, I've heard well, it, it means husband of one wife at a time. No, that's not what it means. Uh, look at biblical times I mean these guys had more than one wife And I'm not going to get into this What this means is just Husband of one wife And so all these things Fit that category But I want you to go back And I want you to go one more time back To the, the, the first one we started at I want you to look at the, at the scripture That we looked at Turn back to the book of Acts And I'd like Russ to come down in front Him and his wife to come down up front And sit in this first pew real quick well, Trish, you can just stay there. I'll have Russ do it. Okay. All right. The Bible says this in Acts chapter six. It says when they found him, look in verse number um, Acts six verse six. Here's the list in verse number five. And verse number six says this: Whom they set before the apostles, and when they had what's the next word? You say, how can I how can I take care? How can I support our deacons? You can support them by praying for them. Now watch this, and I want you to hear me out. How many of you ever played a sport in high school or anywhere, any, any league? What do you do? You try to pick out their weakness, right? Do you not think we're in a battle right now? Do you not think Satan wants to destroy people? What's the best way for Satan to destroy some, something, Bernard, if you think about it? When it comes to the church, you know what he's going to do? He's going to attack the deacons. He's going to attack the trustees. He's going to attack me and Daniel. That's just how he plays. He doesn't play fair. He never said he was going to play fair. Let me tell you the story. Remember David and Goliath? What did Goliath tell them? If you kill me, we'll serve you. If I kill you, you'll serve me. When David killed Goliath, what happened to the Philistines? Did they lay down their weapons and say, We will be your servants? No. You know what the, what, what, what the Israelites had to do? They had to chase them down and hunt them because they weren't going to stick to what they said. Satan does not play fair. He creeps in, he does all these things. So, you know what we need to do? We need to pray for these men. We need to make sure that we pray for them because they're going to have a lot of attacks. That's the biggest thing you can do for a deacon. We know who they are, we know what they are, we know their responsibilities. But as a church, Bible Baptist Church in Kingsport, Tennessee, although your deacons are supposed to pray for you, you need to pray for your deacons. Because all Satan wants to do is destroy. I'm going to have the men come forward. I want all the deacons and trustees to come forward, past and present. And I want Wayne to come up here. Our current deacons right now is um, Josh, Larry, Denver, Allen, Russ, and then um, we're missing Jim. Jim is out of, out of town right now. So. And then we have some trustees up here. Um, Bernard was a former deacon. Wayne was a former deacon. Mark is a, a trustee. Wendell's a, a, um, who else are we missing? Jared is a new trustee. And um, who am I missing? Oh, Lowell, Lowell. Lowell's over in the corner, and he's a, he's a trustee. So what we're going to do right now, there's nothing spooky about this. We're just going to come up here. We're not going to put our hands on you because of COVID-19, all right? But we're going to get around you, not real close, but we're going to make a circle around you, and we're going to pray for you. And we, we are so thankful for you, Russ, and we're thankful for your family. I will say this. Russ and Trish invite a lot of people to church. There's people in this church right now because of Russ and Trish. There's visiting families that know Russ and Trish, and I'm thankful for them. So um, I'm going to have all these men come up. I'm going to have Bernard, I want you to pray, and Wayne, I want you to pray, and Denver, I want you to pray. You can keep it short, but let's let's get in it. We don't have to get real close, but we're going to pray over him, and we're going to ordain him as being one of our deacons at our church.